Did you get that? Sounds like a saison gans. Hoi hoi. Hello, Matt. How's it going? It's going all right. Did you know, I'm sure you knew this, but did you know that Alexander Graham Bell thought that after the invention of the telephone, there needed to be a new greeting, like a whole new greeting convention to go with this new technology? And he that, thought it should be ahoy hoy. I did. I did know that. Um, okay. Yeah. I, I don't know. I kind of. I was kind of like that one. You yeah, know, me too. it's like something you'd shout into a tube on a boat. Sure. Sure. But, although I imagine they already had conventions for that when Alexander Graham Bell invented the telephone. Yeah. Yeah. True. But it, that was, you know, that was a great recurring Simpsons joke. Every time Mr. Burns answered the phone, he said ahoy hoy. Yes. True. And it was, you know, the joke was that he was so old, he was probably there and, and was told how to answer the phone by Alexander Graham Bell. Yeah, I, I liked I liked all the old the old jokes for Mr. Burns, you know, when he would, yeah. he would talk about uh, weird, antiquated units of measure and stuff every once in a while. <laughs> Cubits and digits. <sighs> yeah. Get out of my way, I'm a motorist. Yeah. Well, that's neither here nor there. So, what's up with you? Uh... You know, stuff got uh, oh so much so much stuff. Although I did I did get my lights up in the kitchen like I wanted, so mm-hmm. that's like my one shining ray of completed project right now. Oh, that's good. That's important to have a ray like that. Yeah, and that 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 ray, that completed project ray, casts a halo that I'm I'm sure you know this, and I'm sure all of our listeners know this, our male listeners especially. That halo gets you a little bit of respite, you know, from nagging about other projects. <laughs> uh, well, the other projects are coming fast and furious, but uh, this one casts a, a pretty big halo because I've got three 60-watt equivalent bulbs right next to each other where there used to be, you know, mm. just little pansy bulbs. And uh, it's bright. It's too bright, actually. <laughs> I, need to, I need to find well, ha- some, ha- some, uh, some lesser wattage bulbs. Has that got you reconsidering some of your food choices? I mean, I would think if you could see your food in such bright light, there are some things you might not eat anymore. It, it's gotten me to clean the counter, yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah. So. Can't be bad for you. Uh-uh. Eh, okay. All right. Well, you got a project done. That's good. Uh, What else? You having a good week? Work uh, week? It's been a busy week. Busy week at work or just full full stop? Uh, Busy week at work. Busy yep. week, not at work. Yeah. Yep. So full stop. I'll go mm. full stop for a hundred. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, me too. It's, at least it's a four day week, though. That's all right. Yes. Yeah, that's true. Uh, the day off was nice. Yeah, it really was. I did not do, I did not do much on my Labor Day off. I uh, I said some uh, silent thank yous to the labor movement, um, of of which I am a modern day member. But, uh, uh, yeah, I basically just sat on my ass. I did make dinner and um, and drank a bit too much for a school night. But apart from that, I did not do anything on Monday. So cool. that's obviously not interesting. Yeah. <laughs> What's, no. what, what are we going to talk about this week, though? Well, we got to get into some stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I can't believe I'm about to say this, but Matt, mm-hmm. you wanted to talk to me some more about religion? Hmm. <laughs> this might all get edited out. Depends where this goes, but uh, yeah, okay. So 
because there's no Neil anymore, I was editing 45, and uh, I thought it was a good show, by the way. What did it you was think? pretty good. I was horribly unprepared, uh, and I I stand here again mostly unprepared, but you, you, know, you tell I think me it was you fine. like the ones when I'm not prepared, so. Yeah, listening back, I... I caught a couple of quotes from you. You know, I listened again to you talking about the religion question. Remember, the question was, are you going to raise the twins in a church? Yeah. And you said that, that you both, that yes, that you had both agreed that, uh, and here, this is a quote, it provided a nice bit of structure, in quote, and, quote, a little dip into morality that can inform stuff for the rest of their lives. You said you felt like if you didn't do that, you'd be taking away an important touchstone, although you did acknowledge at the time that that was a douchey term. It was a bad word, and I, then I said it again, because I couldn't even <laughs> think of a again. different word. Yeah. Right. But you said just a bit of an anchor, a fixed point from which they can evaluate everything else. And I know that during the show, I said that obviously, you know, my perspective on that was a little different, and that, and I'm glad I, listening back, <laughs> I'm glad I brought up the uh, the golden rule thing and mentioned that that's that's not a, a religious thing yeah. and that there's there's research that suggests that bonobos know the golden rule and I probably should have linked to it I'll link to it in this week's show notes but bonobo link in the show notes yes I just felt like I owed you a little more pushback on this idea that religion is either necessary for morality, which I'm, I, I think if I asked you straight up, do you think religion is necessary for morality? I guess I would know what your answer is. What, what would your answer be? No. Next question. Okay. Yeah. I, exactly. Okay. Good. I, I figured you would say that. Yeah. So I don't. I don't want this to be, you know, a, a religion discussion. Um, and maybe I should have focused more on the. I don't know, the, the, the line you threw me in the last episode when you said, you know, is that for social reasons or for moral reasons, you know? And um, thinking yeah. about my response to you on this, I think it, it, it probably does skew a lot more toward the social aspects of it. I mean, looking around at uh, some of the closest friends that uh, we both still have, I met mm. a lot of them at church um, okay. and you know no being a secular humanist never made anybody any friends oh come on now that's <laughs> a bit much that's a bit much now okay the problem with secular humanism or or you know secularism or whatever as a movement is that secular humanists are just by nature they're they're non-joiners uh, and there, there are these little pockets and they're these uh, what do they call them meetups you know, the skeptics in the pub meetups are really popular and all these things. But but generally speaking, yeah, they're not they're non joiners. Uh, they don't they don't feel as, as you know, the same need. But th but that's what I was talking about when I was saying what do you what do we replace that with? But I, I disagree that being a secular humanist never made anybody any friends. I have a couple of great friends that I wouldn't be friends with if we hadn't by chance met somewhere, probably in a pub. And realized we were both skeptics or secularists or or what have you. Huh. So I, I do have a couple of friends, so I, I can refute that point. But all right, I stay, yeah. I stay corrected. Uh, all right, so I but, you know you, you're right. We don't need to get into a whole long thing about this. 
I, I, although I had prepared a whole long thing, I'll just skip over all of it. I'll just say that I absolutely reject and I'm super tired of the trope that morality uh, derives from religion and that atheists can't be moral or that without religion there is no morality. I think there's lots of reasons to believe that that isn't true, lots of evidence-based reasons, and... Um, and I'd be happy to link to some if any of our <laughs> yeah you've got if any of our listeners are interested. He's got a bunch of links started here, uh, which is what yeah, he's I skipping do. over, and uh, it's probably for the it's probably for the best. But if anyone is super interested in a deep dive into the morality, science, secular debate, which I, is really fertile ground, I think, for great discussion, where would they find our show notes? Oh, uh, show notes gtradio.net slash a l y t slash four six. Four six. This is the forty sixth episode we're doing yep. right now. Mm-hmm. All right. Did you see the uh, short email from Mister Pieces? The uh, the dashboard pick. Yeah. Yeah. I he sent that to me in an MMS. Okay. And I made him uh, send it in the email so we so we could have it for the show notes. Yeah. He he. So he he texted this to me. And it completely blew my mind. It is a picture of our podcast running on an in-car infotainment system with our with our, our show art appearing and yeah. a couple of the latest episodes scrolling past on the screen. So, yeah. I, 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 I was a little confused by the image. It seems like the podcast might be literally driving the car. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. The guiding light of at least mm-hmm. you're trying. Yeah, so the car, I mean, it, it's not quite driverless. It's just, you know, driven by... <laughs> well, let's be honest. If our podcast is playing, it's now driverless and rudderless. Oh, God. Yeah. All right. Well, that picture's in show notes. It did, it did make me smile. So thanks to Mr. Pieces yeah. for sending that along. And I, I, I am in the doghouse a little bit with Mr. Pieces. He wanted some more notice before we recorded this episode. Did he? Yeah. He wanted to send us a um, an email. Well, I guess well thought out email. Um, so I, I, I kind of messed him up on that one. I apologize. Blew it. But uh, you know, everybody else, feel free to send their emails. You know, whenever. Uh, yeah. And Matt, where would they send those emails? That would be to alyt.show at gmail.com. Okay, cool. So, all right, we can't quite move away from questions for future parent of twins, Jody. There's, there's at least one more. Okay. All right. And the uh, the question is what about what about Crash Dog? Yeah, that is a is a big looming question. Have you guys strategized about this? In my mind, not, you know, brass tacks. What are we going to do? I mean, for now he stays. Uh it looks like my sister-in-law is going to take the cat. Um Oh, the cat has to go? Eh, yeah, it'll be It makes me a little bit sad. Although she she's gone, she's she's gone a little off the deep end over the last couple months. She just would not stop defecating in the dining room and would not stay off the counters and out of the sink. And just she was just everywhere all the time. So now she's mostly outside. Okay. Um, Yeah, your cat does seem like a like a a huge punk. Yeah, and it used to not be that bad, you know. Like she would get on the counter sometimes and. You know, mm-hmm. you could acknowledge her on the counter and shoo her off, and it would be fine. But now it's like, yeah, she can sense it. She knows. Okay, could be. They always know before us. But yeah, so 
the dog. The dog is he's he's older now. He's like fourteen years old. So, mm-hmm. uh, but he's still, you know, his uh, weird high stress self for the most part. Uh, and so I'm right. I'm a little worried how he'll be around the kids, but he'll still bite you in the face. Yeah, ask me how uh, I know. It, ha- it happens a little bit more slowly than it used to, but he can still get up and get Matt's face. Yeah, if if especially if Matt has had a drink or two, I'm still not able to get out of the way in time. <laughs> um, yeah, so well, okay, I wanted to offer a little bit of I don't know if it's if it's hope or whatever, but and and you know, maybe this is obviously this is a, a decision that you and your partner have to make together, but there was in fact, I think our friend Ski passed this along that he knew a couple who had a dog and the dog was a little bit uh, you know, a little bit, a little bit nervous, a little bit nippy, and that they raised a child to the age of like three without the dog ever being within twelve feet of the child. <laughs> yeah, see, I just feel like I don't know what what the possibilities of that sort of thing will will work out to be until it's really here. But I'm, you know, I'm glad uh, you're not the first person to ask me about it. I'm glad people are asking me about it because I, I do, you know, want to. Uh, want to think about it um yeah definitely we had uh some friends stay over uh a couple weekends ago with their like four month old and crash was pretty good you know mm-hmm. it wanted to sniff but was not overly you know focused on the on the baby he did get a little wiggy when she really let loose to, to cry a couple of times when she got when the baby got really loud so yeah i could see that upsetting crash uh, I'm a little worried, you know, when there's there's two screaming babies. I, I'm a little worried what he'll do. But I, he's definitely smart enough to, to to know that you know they're my babies, and certainly yeah. I can't I can't do any wrong in his book. So I don't I don't know how that's going to play out. Right. So if you did, I imagine that upon the first even slight transgression, your reaction is going to be pretty quick and and easy for him to read. Yeah, yeah. And and usually he responds well to very clear reactions from his higher-ups. That's true. So, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, who knows how it'll play out, but I would I would imagine that as long as you're all over it and uh, willing to cuff him in the ear once or twice, it pro- I mean, I think it'd probably be all right. I don't know. Well, I'm glad you're thinking about it. Certainly our listeners are. <laughs> Thanks, listeners. Well, there were like three different listeners who asked that question. Yeah, well. Oh, hey, hey. talking of which, uh, there's a listener. So during pre-planning, I was at a training, and it was a robot thing. I mentioned a little bit about the robot thing. Uh, the and there, you know, and the robot thing is mostly done by physics teachers. So the, the, there are a bunch of other physics teachers, and there was another physics teacher in the room that I think is a pretty cool dude. And we only see each other. He works at a different school, obviously. We only see each other at these trainings. And the last time I saw him was like a year ago at a similar robot training at the same location. Anyway, he said something about uh, – he said, hey, can you can you give me the, the feed to your podcast again? I said, yeah, sure, no problem. I said, what do you mean again? He's like, well, I actually have um, heard every episode since you gave it to me a year ago. Oh, 
cool. He's a motorcyclist, and he rode all the way across the freaking country. Oh, and nice. he said he said he had our podcast in in his ear some of the time. That's that's cool. Yeah, and I th- I mean it was it was really flattering. So, uh, unnamed physics teacher, if you're you're out there listening, we we appreciate it. Here's to you, easy robot writer. <laughs> there you go. Oh, okay. Oh, what else are we talking about this week? Um, we got some stuff on patents that we should skip. Although I do want to say mm-hmm. the EFF they have a, a an endowed chair of silly patents now, which I think is fantastic. Um, <laughs> what do you mean an endowed chair of silly patents? So there's a a gentleman by the name of Mark Cuban, uh, who some people may know from some TV show where he's like a an investor person. Uh, he's a okay. he's a dot com millionaire. He owns an NBA team, I think. Uh, you've probably seen him on TV with his really bad hair. Hmm. But uh, I don't agree with him on uh, on a lot of things. But uh, what what he did was he gave a bunch of money, like a quarter million dollars or something, to the EFF hmm. to pay someone to research silly patents and try to get them uh, invalidated. Like that's oh, no. that's their job. This is the what? What about our stick? Huh? What about our stick? Our stick? Well, okay, obviously the stick stands. The stick stands. Okay. All right. Good. Yeah. So hopefully hopefully yeah, hopefully they don't spot that one. But uh okay. it's it's usually software patents. Um is you know what the EFF is all about. Well, um, you know, okay, you you've you mentioned that uh TLI a couple of times. You want to tell us what the EFF is? Oh, sorry. That is the Electronic Frontier Foundation. Yes, and they are out there looking out for all of you listeners, all of us. Yeah. They do great work, and I actually, upon, oh my god, what a way to, (laughs) what a time suck. I got sucked into their website the other day, which is why I sprinkled uh, all those links into the show notes. Okay. But, yeah, by the end of it, I decided to, I decided to make a $20 donation just because. Nice. You know, like we've talked about, like Archive and Wikipedia Foundation, and EFF is another one that I think these people are trying to take our modern society in the right direction, and that's 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 where I want to put my my charity. Yeah, they're definitely looking so. out for some cool, you know, privacy stuff. They do some great corporate yes. accountability stuff. Uh, they yes. do a great legal defense uh, yes. for all kinds of people who are in trouble for the wrong reasons. So and and they're super hard on patent trolls. Yep, they are. Um, and they they were a big part of this. And now that we're talking about it, we might as well talk about it. The reason that I put it in the show notes is because we probably should have mentioned this Supreme Court decision in Alice Core versus CLS Bank. That's the actual name. If you want to look it up, um, there's going to be a link in the show notes. But the FF was. You don't say lobbying the court, but they were one of the groups that was providing information to the courts, amicus briefs, so, uh, friendly briefs. Amicus briefs, yeah. They do a lot of those. So, friendly. Yeah. So they did amicus briefs in that case, and the case was basically about can you take an arbitrary business practice or an arbitrary, uh, you know, an abstract concept and then just attach the word with a computer <laughs> and patent it and then use it to sue people who later figure out how to actually do that thing. And that's a new patent. Yeah, and we've talked about patent trolling, and there's a whole, you know, so we don't need to get all back into that. But like, classic example from one of the articles I'll link to in the show notes was a company called Diet Goal that patented menu planning on a computer. 
And then they used that patent once it was granted, because it was granted. They used that patent to sue anybody who posted a recipe or a menu online. Oh, wow. Any website that put up a f***ing recipe they went after. Wow. I hadn't heard that one. That's 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 a doozy. So that's a great example. That the one in the the one in the actual Supreme Court case that and then actually uh, I guess let me uh, spoiler alert. The court made the right decision. They said you can't take an arbitrary and well-established business practice like uh, you know some sort of some sort of loan modification and say with a computer and then have a new patent. That doesn't make any sense. So the court decided that one correctly, but. Although they they made their decision on this case, it's not super clear what this means for other cases, even if they are similar, and and it'll take a little time to work that out. But the EFF, the Electronic Frontiers Foundation, is is now trying to work to get the lower courts, the appeals courts and the district courts, to use this precedent to dismiss these stupid patent troll lawsuits as quickly as possible, because that's what we need. We need, these lawsuits need to die immediately because it's the because that's what gets people to settle that's what, what gets them to pay the f-ing patent trolls is the prospect of how long and expensive the process of beating this stupid lawsuit will be yeah yeah that's definitely been the case in a, a lot of these things and also uh, maybe future fake follow-up we could talk about the uh, the podcast patent troll and the Adam Corolla oh, I don't know about this fight back about that. Um, it, it's it's hmm. another thing the EFF has, has been involved in to uh, to try to get the patent invalidated. Interesting. What put me onto this story for this week was their stupid patent of the month uh, blog post from. I, t- the I didn't know they did that. I'm glad. I'm glad you turned <laughs> me onto that. Yeah, yeah. And the uh, the the one for this month was was great because it is literally a cure for cancer. A patent was granted for a cure. For cancer. Okay. The only thing is, of course, uh, it's magic and doesn't work. Well, I mean, there's no reason to believe it works, or you know, it. Uh, it. By the way, it's a. In case you're curious, it's a combination of evening primrose oil, rice, sesame seeds, green beans, coffee, meat, cheese, milk, green tea extract, <laughs> evening primrose seeds, and wine. But the patent says it works. Well, I, I mean, that's a novel cancer treatment. It has not been patented before, yeah. and on those grounds, a patent was granted for curing cancer. Huh. So this f-ing company now this this pushes a lot of my buttons, but this f-ing company can now say that they can now sell their patented patented cancer cure, legitimized by the U.S. government, patented cancer cure, which is obviously snake oil. Uh, and since it's all food items, it doesn't need FDA approval. <laughs> Absolutely. It's a supplement. It does not oh need FDA approval. What a strange have a... nexus of hot-button items for you. Oh, yeah, totally. All right. And then there was another little bit about the actual uh, peer-reviewed research about how the higher you rise in the food chain of patent evaluators, like say you work for the patent office, you're Einstein. Okay. You with, you with me so far? Yeah. You're Einstein. You work for the patent office. If you're a brand new patent reviewer, you get more time. You're paid lower, but you get more time to review each patent. Okay. Interesting. Okay. As you move up the chain, as you earn, and I don't know how they earn their way from one step to another, but apparently they have steps. They have pay steps, like teachers do, like a lot of people do. And as you work your way up from step to step, your pay increases, but you also get less time to review each patent. Okay, so this research team 
took a, a ton of data and they did a, an analysis on it and they found that the less time a reviewer has to look at an application, the more likely they are to grant it, even when controlling for a whole host of other factors. Huh. So, so I, I'll post a link to this uh, this bit of peer-reviewed research in the show notes in case anyone really wants to do a deep dive themselves. But I want to read that one. Yeah, it's really good. But basically, two, two rival competitors could submit patents that were equally bogus or equally good. But if they went to different, just by happenstance, if they went to different reviewers and one of those reviewers happened to be a less uh, less experienced person who gets more time and the other one happened to be a more experienced person who gets less time, well, the person who takes less time is more likely to approve the patent even if it's completely bogus. Wow. That's so, an angle I had not heard before. Yeah. It's research, Joni. Research. Do it. Yeah. Do you want to talk about your, your partner's job saga some more? Oh, God. Do we have time? Probably not, since you used the word saga. <laughs> oh, it's actually not that hard to sum up. Remember I said she was... Uh, she interviewed for a job. They really liked her. She liked them. There were all sorts of follow-up emails back and forth, and she was expecting an offer. That's where we left it. Okay. Right? She got the offer. It was significantly less than she had asked for and she anticipated. By like eh, more than 10%, like 15, 15%. So she made a counteroffer okay. and said that she could take, uh, you know, she could take this much money with this much PTO or she could take a little bit less money with more PTO and she was kind of secretly hoping that they would sort of split the difference. Anyway, they just sent her an email that says, yeah, we can't, uh, you know, good luck with your career search. We can't, ah. we, we can't work with you. Over 5 or 10%? Hmm. Well, that's a lot of money. So that didn't work out and... No, uh, but still, the first number they say should just be, should be, you know... Well, that's what I thought. Offer, I thought that was kind of not not the most they are absolutely ever willing to pay. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's it, nonsense. They, you know, yeah. They they undercut her by more like twenty percent, and she asked, "Well, can you go? I don't know. Let's say eight percent higher than that, which is still twelve percent less than I asked for, and maybe give me an extra week of vacation." And they said no. So that's that. And the search continues. Okay. That's the end of the saga for the, for this okay. week. Okay. Cliffhanger for this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got the Feynman lectures now available online. I heard about that. I was excited about that. Isn't that cool? Yeah. He, oh boy, what a, what a great uh, scientist and lecturer that guy was. I've read Surely You're Joking, Mr. Feynman, but I think that's the only thing I've read of his. What about you? Ugh. I've read bits and pieces of a few things, but I cannot remember what they are. Uh, okay. I, one of my physics professors in college got to study under Feynman oh. a little bit and uh, said that that was amazing and that hmm. Dr. Feynman was a lefty and would not hesitate to pelt you with a piece of chalk right in the chest. I, I understand you have some experience being pelted with chalk. Yes, uh, the same professor uh, followed <laughs> well, in learned- Dr. Feynman's footsteps and would also pelt me with chalk. Yeah. Um, 
So yeah, yeah. So this is this is the guy who I took quantum mechanics from. Was that makes sense? Know, somebody who had learned it from from Doctor Feynman's knee and knew it backwards and forwards himself, and wow. would not let us use a calculator at all in the class. Um, Slide rule. Yeah, everything longhand. Oh wow! And some of those problems would you'd have to work for pages and pages. Sure. Through Sure. Yeah, boy, what a crazy class. I'd never used, like, I used every bit of math I'd learned from Algebra 1 all the way through, you know, multivariable calculus in wow. in every single problem. <laughs> you know what? I, when I was an undergrad, I was a pretty useless punk. Uh, and also, I was a pretty enthusiastic alcoholic. Uh, so I was not getting a lot of hard work done, but... But now I really envy you that experience. I uh, I wish I had been able to kick my own ass into doing the hard math and and taking classes like that. Yeah, you you rescued it a bit uh, toward the end there. A, um, a bit. You got a, a you got a minor, uh, and I, I did. I remember the timing being such that I was you know wrapping up my bachelor's in time to give you a little bit pers- of perspective on the physics classes you were taking. Not you know, not that I could actually help you because they were, you know, different, different institution, different classes, all that stuff. But uh, yeah, that was I, well, I, I enjoyed the timing of that. As as I recall, I needed I needed some help getting through E and M two because I had never taken Calc three, and that would, I had to, that would that would do it. That would make it tough. Uh, it was tough. I, I kind of had to learn it as I as I went, and I I think I remember you helping me with with at least some of my homework. Oh, all right. Well, but those could be Oprah memories. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Oprah, it, Oprah you will, know, will wreck on you sometimes. You got to be careful. Yeah. Okay. So we didn't really do a segue there, listeners. Sorry about that. But what we're talking about is everyone's favorite physicist, or you know, second, third favorite physicist, uh, Feynman. His his legendary lecture series is now available free online we'll put a link in the show notes this is arguably at least by the person who i got this link from claims it's the most popular physics book ever written i don't doubt that well apparently on on like on the basis of books sold and downloads and whatever this is the most popular yeah, ever surprise. and if you'd rather see him rather than read him uh, and he is hilarious you can see his his legendary cornell lecture series at a slightly different link. You can work your way through the course. And we're talking 1964, and yet, I mean, there's nothing, as far as I know, everything that Feynman Feynman was teaching then will still be teaching in a thousand years, right? I mean, none of this is wrong. No, no, and it's still amazingly current and pretty difficult to wrap your head around. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Okay, so that's that's there for anyone who who wants it. All right, so we do actually have a topic this week, and it's yours. You want to tell us about it? It's focus again. Yeah, I thought we. Well, not that we killed it, but we talked about that. Yeah, I don't think we talked enough about it. Uh, okay. You know, it it certainly doesn't help me figure out how not to run around in circles when I get home from work. Which mm-hmm. is which is really what I need. You know, I got baby related projects, I got house related projects, I got, you know sure. Podcast related stuff. I got There's lighting. Maybe 
other computer stuff I want to play around with. And ah, what do I do? I don't know. Yeah, you got your percolating creative tasks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, podcast stuff and and uh, hobby software projects definitely are uh, are on that list. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I just will will run around in circles. Um, hmm. Okay, so what do you? I guess I just I just need a way to to rank them myself. And I don't know why that's so difficult for me. Well, probably because, and I didn't know where you were going with this, so I'm just off the cuff here. But I'm going to guess it's difficult for you to rank them because they're yours. It would be like deciding which of the twins you like best. Okay. Right? Right? They're, they're yours. They're, th- they're, things, they're things you care about. And then, of course, you know, let's set aside for for. The minute the fact that we're both uh, we're both incorrigible yak shavers. Let's just say that it's hard to rank them in your mind or on an index card or in a text file because they're yours. They're all things you care about. Does that seem fair? Yeah, yeah, I'm with you so far. Okay. So, having not thought about this ahead of time, I would say they don't necessarily need to be ranked. Like, maybe go ahead and give yourself permission to not rank them. But, that doesn't mean that they all are equally doable or possible or important in a given moment after work on a given, say, Thursday. You know? Is this a... What day is this? This is a Thursday. We're recording on Thursday. We recorded... Was it last Thursday? I think so. Oh, yeah, look at that. Seven days. It's the second recording. Good for us. Yay. Anyways. It's a, it's a streak again. Oh, we got to... Let's keep this Thursday streak, man. Wait, did we... We didn't record last Thursday. Last Thursday was TCL's birthday at the accidental uh, meeting place. Oh. Did we record then? I don't know. No. I've got two... It's It's been two Thursdays. Ah, uh, shoot. There goes all our momentum. Oh. Oh, well. Ugh. Back to my train of thought. Okay, so on a given Thursday, or Wednesday, or Tuesday, you have a certain amount of time for things, but not all things, or not all projects, not all things that are on your list that you refuse to rank, and and, and shouldn't. You shouldn't have to rank them. You don't have to rank them. You've okay, given, I like that, because I can't. Yes, you've given yourself permission not to, but they're not all equally possible. So what you need to do is look at your index card text file, and decide which of these which of these am I actually likely to make progress on this afternoon or and I mean maybe this is just me talking maybe this is the summer Matt but you know be prepared for that answer to sometimes be none of them okay like not every afternoon needs to be filled with 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 projects. I mean, I'm sure it feels like it does, but I, I bet it really doesn't. That's fair. Oh, I was expecting you to really, uh, really get, get GTD on me there for a second. No, I, I but mean, the, but then the summer match showed up again. Okay. Well, all right. Let's say, let's say that you really do have a, you really do have a, a list of accumulating things that are kind of, they have a they they sort of have a deadline you know there's a you have a time in mind especially if they're baby related i mean yeah even i know what that date is <laughs> time is time is is running short on that one 
and you expect them to be early, not late. Yep. So, yep. okay. But nevertheless, there are hundreds of days between now and then. Or over a hundred, anyway. Maybe not hundreds. And not every afternoon has to be has to be packed with things, but probably a lot of them do. Okay, so let's let's acknowledge both of those things to be true. A lot of them do need to be productive in one way or another. You don't have to rank your tasks uh, or projects, whichever way you know. Some things are tasks, some things are projects. I don't have to tell you about that. And and you have to decide. You have to take a moment, and you have to make this make this okay. Here's where here's why we fall into yak shaving, Jody. I, I'm just I'm spitballing here, but. I think why we fall into yak shaving is because we haven't made it okay with ourselves to take the time to think about what we're going to do. So we, we just get into the mindset that I need to be doing something. So we just do, 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 and then we're yak shaving. Whereas what you need to do is recognize that, okay, I need to be productive this afternoon, but part of being productive means thinking in an honest and mindful way about what I can actually get done. So, you know, sit down, take your shoes off, look at your text file, look at your index cards, take 15 minutes, you know, maybe even put it on your fucking calendar, you know, just take some deep breaths, think about it and think, and it, by the way, it's okay to, to think like, you know, I don't want to do that that third thing on the list. I don't want to do it because it sounds horrible. If it sounds horrible today, then don't do it today. I mean, unless it's due tomorrow and then, well, then your time is up, you know, procrastination is over. But, you know, if you if you really have a bunch of shit that has to get done before mid-January, it's okay to sit down on a given day and think, "What do I want to do?" Let that enter the process. If you want to do one thing more than the other, well, guess what? You're going to be more productive doing that thing that you just told yourself you wanted to do more. So do it, and then it's off the list. You know, or at least partially. At least you make pro. You know, and it's okay to have to do something one day and do the rest the next day. I, I think that you have to be. You have to be a little easier on yourself. In order to be, more productive. What do you think? So it's it's not the dog whisperer, calm and assertive. It's the the summer mat, calm and productive. Well, let's not get crazy. Summer mat didn't get a whole lot done. Although I did, <laughs> I did finally get paid for that. <laughs> they did pay me for the uh, curriculum thing. We oh, about. oh, right, good. Yeah, that was nice. Anyway, no, calm and assertive makes sense. As I was just, I was just telling someone this afternoon, a brand new teacher who like all brand new teachers, is feeling really lost and alone. I was telling him, have you ever seen the dog whisperer? <laughs> Basically everything you need to know about ninth graders. There, <laughs> there it is. Uh, yeah. you, are pack, you are pack leader. Oh. Anyway. Hey. Uh, yeah? The, uh, the wind talker has a new gig. Oh, I know. He called me. Okay, good. I was hoping he might. He, we haven't had We haven't had time to do an actual call. We've talked twice and both times – it hasn't worked out. We haven't had enough time to actually do the call. So we haven't, you know, so I'm hoping that, I'm hoping that will happen. But, uh, yeah, I can't wait to, I can't wait to hear more about that. Anyway, what do you think about my, uh, thesis du jour? 
It's pretty good. Thank you. I like it. Yeah, the pattern I've fallen into is uh, being at work and with the, you know, the, the normal boredom slash misery slash whatever that, that accompanies that. Mm-hmm. Scribbling on an index card or a text file, all of the stuff that I might kind of want to do when I get home. And then yeah. the unfortunate part being <laughs> that index card is so full by the time I get home, it's like, oh, crap. Yeah. I can't do all this stuff, you know. But that's okay. So, yeah. A bit of pause. A bit of pause and uh, and calmness. Yeah, calmness. Which I probably need at the end of the day. Anyway. Oh, God. I mean, who doesn't? I mean, after work? I don't know. I know there are people who love their jobs uh, and, and come home refreshed and, and and just feeling so good about their lives and the choices they make. And I hate those people. <laughs> But, but for the rest of us, um, I'm kidding. It's too much energy to hate anyone. But for the rest of us, you've gotta, you gotta give yourself a minute, and that's okay. And then you've gotta be honest with yourself about about how you're how you're gonna use the rest of your time. And if that involves, you know, some time just sitting there thinking about. How better? How much better your feet feel now that you've got them up on the end of the couch instead of standing on them all day? You know what? Go ahead, go ahead and take some time with that. And while you're doing that, you can multitask by looking at your list and thinking, obviously I can't do all of this. Obviously. I'm not a machine. But I can do some of this and then feel good about what I've done and then think mindfully about what I might do tomorrow. All right. I like it. I think I might be drunk. Can, can you pronounce whatever it is you're drinking yet? Oh, the... <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Wait, if I if I lean the microphone in down, maybe you can hear it. Here it is. Did you get that? Sounds like a saison gans. <laughs> I'm drinking the French 75. You know what this is? That, I have no idea what that is. I was trying to make a joke, but <laughs> nothing, nothing came. Oh man, this might be too heavy artillery for uh, for podcasting, which is it's the opposite of ironic. It's named after an artillery piece invented by the French in in the what 1890s that became that is like thought of as the official uh, first modern artillery piece because it's breech loading and because it has hydronomatic shock absorbers so the wheels and tail don't move and you can deliver a lot of rounds on target. Anyway, yeah, there's a cocktail called the French 75. That's what I, that's what I'm drinking. Soissons Cons. Which literally translates as 6015. <laughs> so where does 75 come from? Because 60 plus 15 is 75, Jody. But... Soissons Cons. They're French. Their numbers are dumb. <laughs> <laughs>